This is an urgent appeal from the Disasters Emergency Committee. Hundreds of thousands of people have fled their homes to escape conflict in Ukraine, leaving jobs, belongings and loved ones behind. They need shelter, food and water. You can help. To donate online, search DEC or text RADIO to 70150 to give £10. Thank you. Streaming 24-7, this is Brum Radio. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. I'm Dave Massey. I'm joined online by Alea Salunga, who is in Birmingham on the 23rd of June for her Dream Again UK tour at B Music Symphony Hall. Good afternoon, Leia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. It's We're on a video call, so I can actually see you. Where in the world are you at the moment? Yeah. I'm actually in New York City on a late spring day. And you're doing a, a, a tour which is coming to Birmingham, uh, sorry, coming to the UK from the 18th of June until the 1st of July. Um, how mm-hmm. does it feel to be going back on tour in the UK? Oh, it feels fantastic. I mean, I had a wonderful time the last time that I was on tour in the UK, three years ago. And I guess it was like, yeah, let's go do it again because we had so much fun that first time. And it's come, you know, we're coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, it's, it's you know, when getting back on stage after that um, here in North America, it was nerve-wracking and it was intense and emotional and all of all that wonderful stuff. And I would imagine that it would be, you know, similar experience over there so we're really looking forward to going do you have a a previous memory of being in the city of birmingham that you're coming to yes i do and are you able to tell us your memory um, i actually i actually will um so one of my friends who is actually um a trumpet player with the hong kong philharmonic his name is rob smith and he's originally from birmingham and after the concert in this same venue, um, he, another couple of friends who, um, I think they're with the symphony. So the lead bassoon player, and I think another trumpet player, if I'm not mistaken, plus my manager, plus me. So there's five of us. And we are in the lobby, like the bar of my hotel. There's five of us and we're having cocktails after the show. We're all getting to know each other. We're just having a really nice time. And then the conversation goes into RuPaul's Drag Race. And this bassoon player then says that he is obsessed with it, knows every single season, knows which drag queen won in which season and i was i was floored and the gay men at this gathering were like i i think they were kind of stupefied because even they did not have this man's encyclopedic knowledge of rupaul's drag race so i was impressed and I think everyone else was just really, we were all just really floored. And so the conversation was animated and just so much fun. And you'd think that in, you know, in a, a table full of musicians, we would be talking about music, but no, we were talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. And 
how exciting the show the show is. I mean, I haven't seen the last couple of seasons, but it's it really is, you know, a really really fun fun show that deserves all of the accolades that it gets. And if you're able to get classical musicians obsessed with it too, then you know what? It's all good. So yeah, that's my big memory of Birmingham. And when when you're when people are introducing you to if you're out in the city of Birmingham or in any other city, and they might not realise that who you are as a person, um, do you do you have that moment where the penny drops and they suddenly realise how they know your name or how they know your voice or how they might know you? I think I've seen that recognition happen with a four-year-old. Um, I was doing a film in Northern California maybe a year or so after the release of Aladdin, which, by the way, turns 30 years old this year. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, isn't it nuts? And so there were these two little girls who were around four, and someone introduced me to them as Princess Jasmine. And when you're four, there really isn't... You know, you, you, you can't really make this connection between a live human being actually providing a singing voice for a cartoon. As far as this, these kids know, there's just the cartoon. Um, and so they looked at me very confused. And, and, and so I, I kind of crouched down to their level and I told them, close your eyes. And they did. And then I sang A Whole New World. And when they opened their eyes, it was like, oh, it's her. So yeah, there's there was that moment of recognition, um, you know, from they were able to make this connection between this human being and the cartoon, and it was a really sweet, sweet thing. One of the one of the I've I've only told uh, one person outside of the radio station that I was interviewing you today. And the reason that I wanted to tell them was because I know how excited they are as a Disney fan. Uh, and how, as soon as I said your name, they were just so thrilled that I was getting the chance to talk to you. Uh, uh, and I just think that's absolutely uh, w wonderful to see somebody just get so excited and suddenly be like, what are you going to say? Really what, what's, do, do you have very hardcore fans when it comes to uh, uh, people coming to see your gigs? Uh, do you think that the the, the fans, I, I imagine that in the UK they're probably uh, quite behaved at the same time, but they must be very excited to see you in person when you're when you're out and about. Well, I think for the most part people are behaved around me. I mean, and and it's that's irrespective of the location or whatever country in the world. Um, you know, nobody gets rowdy, but at the concerts. And, you know, I think the, the British fans, I think, are not all that reserved. <laughs> I think, so. yeah, which was kind of surprising. I'm like, people are saying British fans are reserved. Uh, no, not really. You know, and, and everyone had, at the last tour, everyone met us with huge responses in every performance venue. It was, yeah, it was great. It, I really can't... You know, I, there was nothing reserved about that audience in Birmingham. It was, it was just very generous. It was unabashedly emotional. I think it was, you know, and, and I think for that entire tour, I was just very surprised. Um, 
but pleasantly so. Have you finalised your playlist for, for this tour? Have you settled on what tracks you're going to sing or does that change throughout the tour? No, it doesn't. I think once we figure it out, sometimes it takes maybe one show or two shows um, where we're like, okay, we have to see if this sequence of songs works. We have to check if we need to add more, if we need to take out something. Um, this is when we test out patter. This is when we, um, this is when we test all the material. It's like there's a very brief one to two show preview period. And then for the rest of it, you know, it's pretty smooth sailing. But since we've road tested this set list for the most part, um, mm -hmm. here in America, um, I think by the time we get over there, it, it'll be pretty solid. So, yeah. And I, I, I think, I think the audiences are going to have fun. Brilliant. How, can, can you, um, give some sense to us about how, uh, your relationship with, uh, these, the songs that you sing changes over time? Yeah, I will give you a very specific example. Um, I'd give my life for you for Miss Saigon. First time I ever sang it was during the auditions. I learned it in Manila when I was 17. And I've been singing that song f consistently since then. And I remember when it finally, when it finally clicked for me that I understood what that song was. Because up until that point, it was just a song. I mean, no song obviously is just a song, but this was, I, I just really didn't know what it meant because I was not a parent. And this song was written by gentlemen who all had children and knew what that felt like. And so when I became a mom and I started to sing that song again, it took on a whole different meaning. And I understood what the emotions were behind those words. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, it once, once I had my child and I started to perform that song again, it just, it just felt like a whole different song because I finally got it. So yeah, it's, so my relationship with that song, you know, it just, to it took a total turn when I was around 35, which was when uh, I gave birth and finally understood what all of that was. How wonderful to have that change happen and to, you know have the have it bring on a different meaning as well. That's absolutely wonderful to hear. Yeah. So you're going to be coming to the UK uh, with with Dream Again, which is the tour. Uh, it's the back part of uh, of, of June. Uh, let me see if the date's 18th of June, at, starting at De Montfort over in Leicestershire, and then going mm -hmm. to the 1st of July in the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall as well. Um, we're, I think we're very excited to have you come to Birmingham. So thank you so much for bringing the tour to Birmingham, particularly after this gap in time as well. Um, yeah, I think after yeah. Having, yeah. having a forced gap where we didn't have live theatre and we didn't have live performance was such a tricky, challenging time for, for people as well. So I think the audiences yeah, are gonna yeah. be really excited to see you come to that. Leia, thank I you so, so much for taking the time to chat to me about this today. Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.